0: From the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Panic Room in an undisclosed location, it is Texas Football Today, a show online that won't quit. We got your back. My name's Greg Pepper. I'm the managing editor of Dave Campbell's Texas Football, a magazine, texasfootball.com, a corresponding website. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Whether you're watching us live at texasfootball.com or on the Facebook, or you're listening to us on the podcast, which you can subscribe to on the podcast vendor of your choice either way thank you for doing your part to support your local mediocre internet show i'm sitting here in my dungeon sitting over there in her castle or apparently her like tiki hut yeah that's it what it is the today. duchess of the dorks it's ashley pickle are, are we yeah. gonna make hawaiian shirt friday a thing now
1: i think that it should be absolutely it should like, be i've got hawaiian shirt like now that you days. don't have to come
0: into the office like there's no yeah. dress code
1: Why was there so. really a dress code when we had to come into the office like, that's I could have worn point. a Hawaiian shirt, and no one would have batted an eye at a, about it.
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a fair point. Um, let me do this real quick. Today is Friday, April 3rd, 2020. 237 days until Thanksgiving. Episode 935. 935, the number of at-bats for Roy Howell in his illustrious Texas Rangers career from 1974 to 1977. Okay, massive show today. I told you yesterday that we had a big-name mm. guest, and I did not lie, because... We're zooming with Bloom. It is, we had a, I had a great conversation yesterday with the head coach of the Rice Owls, coach Mike Bloomgren, our good buddy. The third time he's done, this is his third year in a row to do an interview with us. Yeah. Good um, dude. He, he's, he's, he's a great dude. Easy to root for. The bromance. Uh, you know, the, the hot, uh, they're the hottest team in the state. They won the last three games. Technically, yes. Yeah. They did. So uh, we had a great conversation yesterday uh, with Coach Bloomgren. Uh, you will hear all of that coming up here uh, in a minute. In the back half of the show, the debut of Pickle Talk. Um, so you may remember that when we were, uh, that we had to run to the office the other day. And while we were at the office, um, I did not anticipate that Ashley would bring her crossbow. And she pointed it at me, practicing yes. social distancing. And she goes, listen, you and then she said some words that I can't say on a family show.
1: Yes, that's um, very
0: true. You're going to give me my own segment. Yeah. And I was like, yes, ma'am, I will. Yeah. Uh, it's and that so easy. We will.
1: You bring a crossbow so we'll have people, pickle talk. people bow down.
0: Uh, okay, so we'll have that. Do we have first four through the door?
1: We sure do. We have Rob Hathaway, Meese, Andrew Christensen, and Trisha freaking Pickle. Let's oh! go. Let's go, mom. 10 out of 10.
0: Trisha Pickle in the building. Uh, Everyone's favorite pickle. So two things first. One, tonight's the happy hour. Mm -hmm. Uh, Noon on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's.
1: No, 5 on Facebook. 5 (laughs) p.m.
0: 5 p.m. on Facebook. Time is just a
1: concept at this point. (laughs) I'm
0: so so used to this show. Um, Let's go with 5 p.m. on Facebook, facebook facebook.com slash Dave Campbell's. It's the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Happy Hour. Uh, myself, Ashley Pickle. We will be joined by Aaron Hardigan and Rick Renner of Fox Sports Southwest. It is going to be a party hurricane. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a lot, so we're excited. Come party with us. Come grab a grab yourself a bevy, grab yourself a bevy, and and come on by, um, and we will we will have happy hour. So there is that. Okay. Now the thing I need to make sure we announce, Yes. I guess it's starting to trickle out. This is let so me, awesome. Let me, let me, let me just Preface state it. for the record, uh, folks here may remember that last year, um, last year for some unknown reason that I still yeah. don't understand, Doesn't make sense. um, the Texas high school coaches association was extremely generous, um, to me and, 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 awarded me the um the putt powell sports writer of the year award here it is
1: there it is I got it. It's my it's
0: on my wall took it off my wall there you go 2019 it was it's a, a huge honor uh voted on by the coaches association which you know that it means a, a whole lot to me right and it's 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 one of the, the great honors of my life well apparently today it's starting to leak out that the 2020 winner's been announced and your 2020 putt powell sports writer of the year as voted on by the texas high school coaches association say it is matt freaking step
1: let's go step bomb
0: matt step the ultimate step bomb uh matt step is your 2020 putt powell sports writer of the year according to the thsca that is awesome
1: we are so excited for him
0: that is so stinking cool. Like, you want to talk about actually deserving. <laughs> like, 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 last year feels like a mistake <laughs> compared to this. This is so great. I am so fired up for Step. He, he is 100% deserving. He's, he is there's, he's one of the hardest working guys in, in all of sports journalism, mm-hmm. let alone in Texas high school sports journalism. Uh, what a a, a a a deserving honor! Good job, THSEA. You got it right yes, this year. You
1: got it right, and that's the best part about Steph is he does not do this to get awards or anything like that. Like that guy's going to grind regardless. And the fact that they took the time to recognize how hard he does work and the great job that he does, they nailed it.
0: Yeah, they absolutely positively did. Um, and it is. Awesome! I'm so so happy. Oh, I think I think I'm happier for Step than I was for me. (laughs) Like that's that is that is so like it. Now in hindsight, I'm gonna be honest. Now in hindsight, it feels like they thought they mistook me for Step last year. No, like don't humble yourself that much. They thought (laughs) they like ah. Yeah, that guy from Dave Campbell's. What's his name? Uh, whatever, whatever. Yeah, the guy on the podcast. <laughs> like, that was it. And, and now I am so fired up for Steph. That is awesome. Good job, DHSCA. You nailed Very it. Very good. We're fired up for Steph. Congratulations to Matt Steph, 2020 Putt Pal, Texas. Uh, what is it? 2020 Putt Pal Sports Writer of the Year. <laughs> congratulations,
1: congratulations Matthew. You did so good, kid.
0: There you go. It's, it's great. And, and by the way, that is a, that is a who's who of, of <laughs> sports writers um you know guys who are, are are legends in this industry the one thing because last year i i did some kind of looked through the list of the names of people who won it um the and, and the guys who who won it like there's a uh for for who journalism nerds especially in the dfw metroplex. like frank luxa won it and he's like a legend in dfw journalism and that was like oh okay like heady stuff um yeah. so i am so thrilled for step mm-hmm. yes
1: well, and that's uh, Reese right. just brought up a good point, real fast. The doubly awarded Teppen Step, y'all's podcast has got some real back to it now, baby.
0: <laughs> Whoa! I didn't even think about that. It's yeah. now the award-winning,
1: the award-winning Teppen step, step. Yeah.
0: Wow. Sponsored by Putt Pal. New up right now on <laughs> um, Awesome, 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 awesome. Very cool. Uh, I am so thrilled for Step. Very well All All right. Yesterday. Uh, we had the great privilege, the great pleasure to catch up with our good friend, Mike Bloomgren, the head coach of the Rice Owls. It's Zoom with Bloom here on Texas football today. I know what everyone was thinking. They were thinking, man, uh, uh, a global pandemic. That's really gonna, that's really gonna ruin the, the budding bromance between me and Rice coach, Mike Bloomgren." And yet here we are, you're all wrong. It's Zoom with Bloom. We're joined by the head coach of the Rice Owls, coach Mike Bloomgren. Coach, how are you doing?
2: Doing great. Doing great, man.
0: Good. Well, well. thanks for your time. First and foremost, I get the most important, most important question is, is how are you? How, how's your family? How are you guys handling this?
2: Yeah. So me and the family, we are healthy and blessed. And, uh, you know, we were talking about it off camera a second ago, but, you know, we're so fortunate right now to have this time together. And that's got to be the silver lining because I spend so much of my day worrying about our players and their at-home situations or how they're virtually learning. Do they have Wi-Fi good enough and, and all those kind of things. But I am able to step back and, and really appreciate some of the good right now. And, and for our family, it's eating three meals a day together like we never have. I mean, even on vacation, somebody's got a tournament. Somebody's got to go here with friends. So we're getting a lot of, a lot of conversations in that uh, I really appreciate.
0: Well, it's, it's, that's the most important thing, obviously, these days. You are trying to also run a, a football program. I'm, I'm interested in, in how you're staying connected to your guys, how you're staying connected to uh, to your players and, and keeping keeping tabs on
2: them. Yeah, Zoom with Bloom. I mean, that's <laughs> the, the deal here, too. And uh, we had our first team meeting uh, on the Monday after spring break, March 23rd. And we had 105 people on there counting coaches and had a chance to really lay things out and give the information that we had, which uh, again, seems to evolve every day. Gosh, I don't know if the the saying that every day is a new day has ever been more true. Uh, But so anyway, we got them connected. We made sure that they were in a good place to start school and get that up and running. And then what we've done is four days a week, we're having positional meetings and those have been awesome. And the first 10 minutes is supposed to be mental health. It's been about the first 20 in some cases, the first 30 of those meetings. Where we're just talking about hey what's your battle rhythm what are you doing what time are you getting up what's mom's doing how's everybody you know making and uh trying to make sure that we get a little eye time eyeball to eyeball and talk to them and make sure that they know how much we care about them and know that we're always trying to do the best we can for them at all times and, and again that that's not going to chill just because we can't see them in person so uh, again those are the things that i've been battling uh trying to get those guys situated and that's probably the thing that me and our strength coach have been talking about the most is we miss that day-to-day interaction with these kids so badly. And uh, gosh, we need them. I mean, that's why we do this.
0: Yeah. And, and you know, that kind of leads me to my, my next question, which is kind of about the challenges that, that you guys are facing. Obviously, this is uncharted water for everybody. You know, we're all just trying to, to, to make it as best we can, but, but I'm interested, uh, you know, what have you noticed maybe through these first couple of weeks of, of this that, that have cropped up that maybe you didn't expect to be challenging?
2: You know, one of the things is, like, our kids do so well with structure at a place like Rice mm-hmm. and their time managers, and I don't know if it's healthy for anybody to have just an inordinate amount of free time on their hands, so that was what we spent our first Wednesday meeting doing, is we, we sent them out Google calendars and asked them to fill it in and include when you're going to be in class, when you're going to do homework, when you're going to do this workout that we're going be able to give you, and then your football meetings, and try to, like, uh, structure their life to give them that, that sanity and some normalcy.
0: We're talking with Mike Bloomgren, the head coach of the Rice Owls here on Texas Football Today. Uh, coach, you guys were able to squeeze in six practices before everything um, shut down. Eight? Nine practices? Nine. Nine. Man, you're living large. Yes, sir. <laughs> um, obviously, that's not nearly enough time, but what do you maybe feel like you got to accomplish during that time you were able to, to get some spring balls?
2: Yeah, I I think that those nine practices were amazing for us because for the first time since we've been here, we had every quarterback that will be on our roster in spring ball. So every single one of those days was so precious. We got a defense that returns 20 of 22 of the 2D. So it was awesome to see those guys flying around and really becoming that bully that we think they can be. Uh, But also you saw the offense having some success moving the sticks, like maybe we hadn't been able to do in scrimmages in the past, and also having more explosive plays. So uh, a lot of bright spots all around. Uh, certainly wish we were practicing this week, but we know that there's a lot bigger things in this world than football right now. As, as hard as that is for me to say, we understand the, the situation of our state, our nation, and this, the global world. Uh, we're not going to make it sound like uh, we need to be practicing football right now. We know we got bigger things to solve, but we sure can't wait to get back to it.
0: There's obviously another big kind of aspect to your job and that's the recruiting side. I know that the NCAA has extended the, the dead period and things like that. How, how has recruiting changed for you guys? Cause I know that, you know, I know you're a guy who, you know, in our conversations, you, you like, you're a living room guy. You like to get face to face and have that, that personal conversation. Uh, how has recruiting kind of changed for you guys during this time?
2: You know, it's changed in, in the way that we can't have those on-campus junior days. And it's a, it's a tough year. Nobody knew this. We thought we were doing the right thing for our assistant coaches as, as NCAA head coaches when we made February dead. But now you certainly wish you could have those days back and those opportunities to have people on your campus. Uh, so what we're doing is we were trying to do a virtual junior day that kind of got shot down by the NCAA in terms of it's an event with publicity uh, where other people would know who was attending. So we can't do that. So we're just going to kind of do it one-on-one. And so we're going to do, we've made a couple of great videos really accentuating our campus, this building, and then our staff and who they are. So we're going to try to get people to sit there and watch them while coming to the uh, complete understanding that anything done digitally is not going to hold people's attention the way it does when you're sitting there in person. So we're going to try to force feed them a little bit of good information about Rice and and really whet their appetite for whenever this thing opens back up.
0: Let's talk about the hottest team in, in the state of Texas, the only team to win their final three games of the year. It's the Rice Owls. Um, uh, obviously let's call it a rough first three quarters of the year, but, uh, a, a a terrific finish. What, what changed on those final three, three games that, that maybe was able to get you guys over the
2: top? You know, I, I don't know that anything changed. What I would tell you is that we have such a great group of young men that just kept listening to their coaches and trusting their coaches, trusting me and kept coming to work. And, uh, so again, like, you compare year two to year one, and there's no comparison. I mean, when we're fighting Baylor to a last possession, Army to a last possession, when we were getting our heads kicked in by 30, you know, by the time the fourth quarter was over the year before, um, but that was also a challenge, right? Like I had to make sure that their mamas and daddies that were patting them on the back that they didn't listen to that, you know, like <laughs> treat victory and defeat as the in- mm-hmm. as they are, and and certainly anything that's close. Like, close doesn't count in our game. This is a, a, a net-zero business, like, win, baby. And that, that's what I had to make them understand. And they did such a good job of continuing to come to work, continuing to fight together. Uh, and then, you know, we opened it up and have a huge defensive play on the first, first play of the Middle Tennessee game and end up scoring 41 points in the first half. And, uh, gosh, the, it just kind of opened from there, and these guys really believed in each other. I wish we could have played 10 more games than last season.
0: Yeah, you guys were obviously playing your best ball then. And, um, you know, the defense, even from 2018 to 2019, made that big leap. I mean, the, the statistics bear it out. You guys improved by 10 points a game uh, allowed. I mean, just from those real raw, that raw stuff, it's easy to see. Uh, what do you think was the big key for you guys' improvement defensively?
2: Oh, I, I think our defensive coordinator, Brian Smith, did a wonderful job. And I think he does a great job with game plans, but it's just everybody having a comfort and understanding within this system. And he does such a good job of like with like, like, yeah, this may look different, but it's not. You're the three flat. You know, I mean, it's, everything is so consistent in this. And and a lot of times the same blitz is just different people doing it. It's a different look to the offense, but our guys just plug and play so well. And, And I'll never forget like this defense and where it stemmed from with Coach Smith's time with Don Brown and his time with Rex Ryan, like, I remember playing Rex in practice, and I don't know if you remember Chris Jenkins, but he weighed, like, 340, 350, and he was the nose, and he dropped from the nose to play the Tampa 2 middle drop. And, you know, as an offensive coach, you're like, well, what, what do you say to the Q about that? one? Like, if that <laughs> picks it off, like, where do we go from here? But, uh, but, you know, I mean, we haven't done anything that drastic with the nose dropping to the middle third, middle, middle uh, hole, but he's doing a great job really making things consistent for these guys, and they're playing so fast, and they're a confident group right now.
0: Uh, you guys are also absolutely loaded defensively coming back as far as experience is concerned. Uh, I, I, I read something in front of ours, Bill Connolly at ESPN said you guys are number one in defensive productivity returning uh, in, in all of the nation. So um, what's that next step? How do you guys make that next step defensively where you guys were good defensively last year? How do you, how do you take that next step and, and become elite?
2: Uh, that is the challenge, and that's a great word. I think elite's the word that we need to use with this group. And if we're not fighting to be the best defense in this conference, we're crazy. Like, we're, we're shooting the aim way too low because we can do big things with this group, bring to those 20 to 22 starters and 2 deep back. And then you look at guys like Blaze Aldrich. He, he just gets me so excited because he's like, Coach, I'm going to play so well this year. People are going to think last year I stunk. And I'm like, hey, man, if you can do that, like, we're going to be good. Like, so that, that's exactly the kind of thing you want out of your leaders for them who, even though he did have a great year, I think he finished in the top four in American tackles for loss. But he just, he's like, coach, I'm taking it to a new level and I'm holding these guys to that standard. And, and that's just really been the mantra in our program. Our strength coach, Hans Straub, has done such a remarkable job. Uh, one of our messages has been, look, rules work, okay? They're good and they can do their job, but everything's better when you have standards and when your, your leaders uphold them
0: uh, let's talk about the other side of the ball Let's talk about the offense and plain and simple. I'll just ask you, how do we get this offense stuck out of the mud?
2: Yeah, uh, that's a great question. I think consistency of the quarterback position is going to be a big deal for us. And then the offensive line just has to be better. Mm -hmm. And uh, obviously that's something that's very personal to me. I I take a lot of pride in in that position. Uh, we've got a, a new coach there in Sanders Davis, who was our GA in that room last year. He's the offensive line coach. I'm kind of in there full-time right now. Me and him are having the best time. Uh, we had so much fun in those nine practices of spring ball, running the room and running drills. And, uh, it's just been really healthy for me.
0: Um, you mentioned the quarterback situation. Um, obviously, you said you guys were able to have nine, um, nine practices. You have the whole quarterback room there for those nine practices. Uh, do you have any clarity? Is it still up in the air? I mean, obviously, everything's up in the air at this point. But but is there any clarity, do you think, on the quarterback situ- situation as of yet?
2: You know, I don't know if there's uh, complete clarity. That, that would be great, right, to say that this guy's absolutely snatched the job and he's never going to let go. And I don't know if we're there, but uh, the leaders in the clubhouse right now are Mike Collins, who transferred to us from TCU. You know, started a few ball games for them. And Giovanni Johnson, who started a game for us last year. Uh, we also have Wiley Green that's still doing some really nice things. And, and – been really productive. I mean, he really had a couple practices there towards the end of spring where it was like, man, he's gosh, he's throwing the ball well. He's making great decisions. So those three are kind of the top top tier right now with Giovanni uh, and Mike Collins as the leaders in the clubhouse.
0: Um, as far as big play guys are concerned,
2: um, you guys have a lot, a
0: bevy of receivers back, a lot of a lot of weapons on the outside, and you kind of buoy that with with I thought a, a potentially very explosive group of guys in your 2020 recruiting class. Do you feel like there is a game breaker on campus uh, right now that, that can maybe take take the lid off of defense?
2: Yeah, we do. We saw some things from Cam Montgomery, who ran a 10-4 as a junior in high school. We saw some things this spring from a consistency standpoint and a holding on to the football standpoint, because we always knew he had the explosive capability. But when he did those other things, those just led to those big plays happening this spring, and that was awesome. Uh, last time I was on the show, you and I talked about Juma. Mm-hmm. And Juma obviously was injured pretty much all last year. Uh, wasn't the year he wanted to have, but he is healthy now. And and gosh, he had a great camp as well. So that's two of the running back position. Now you go out there and you look at who we're bringing in. You mentioned in this class, we got a guy named Andrew Mason who had eight touchdowns in a game. And uh, he can, he's running a 4-3 at Duke's camp, so he can absolutely run. And then we have some consistent guys that are – uh, well maybe maybe more inconsistent. that's an unfair term. That sounds like somebody's just uh, chopped liver, and that's not the case. Like Austin Trammell's our captain on offense had sixty plus catches the last two years in each year, and Bradley Rosner proved to be a downfield threat and went up and made some great plays against whoever we play, whether it was University of Texas or Middle Tennessee. I mean, he was going and catching the ball and, and making plays to uh, put points on the board for this team.
0: Uh, one last question for for Mike Bloomgren of Rice here, coach. Um, I, I want to show you something. I'm going to see if I can get this right. I was doing a little bit of research before this uh, uh, to to find you know some some information, some some good questions to ask you. I've obviously come up short, but I did find this, and I want to get your take on on what we're looking at here. Um, oh man. what 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 am
2: I looking at here, Coach? So that looks like uh, something called Oklahoma Drill, <laughs> you know, as it used to be called. Uh, now at, at Rice, you're not allowed to do that anymore. So we, we run something a little different, but we we still make sure we can get our hands in the right place and drive people off the rock. The guy over my left shoulder right there is a guy named Joe Nixon. And he is a head high school coach right now in North Carolina where Catawba is. And he is absolutely rocking it. Uh, so I'm really proud of him. That, that's a blast from the past right there. I don't know what to say about those Oakleys. Those are pretty old.
0: It's a good look. I, 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 I like it coach. Maybe, Maybe we need to bring that back.
2: Yeah, I'll tell you what. My wife wishes you could bring that physique back. I bet you that.
0: <laughs> well, he is Mike Bloomgren. He's the head coach of the Rice House. Coach, uh, really appreciate your time. Uh, please stay safe uh, and, and and take care of what you need to take care of. And uh, uh, let's let's plan on seeing each other in the fall.
2: Man, thanks so much. Thanks for taking the time to let me on. I do regret we didn't get to do it in your studio. I didn't get to flip through all the years, but I could actually use some right now. I got time on my hands. If you want to send me a couple old vintage ones to flip through, I'll, I'll find a couple. I'll put them in the mail for you. You're the best. Thanks so much. Have a great day.
0: There he is. Mike Bloomgren. Resuming with bloom. Are you just
1: so happy? Um, Did that just make your heart so happy?
0: Look, uh, I, I, I.
1: Bryce is number one fan.
0: <laughs> I like Mike Bloomgren. What can I say? He's a good dude. He's a good dude. He's easy to root for. Um I think he's. I think he's doing good things there at um uh there, there at Rice and I think they're they're on the come up. Um I'm a believer. I'm a believer in what he's selling. Yeah. Um and so you know uh, obviously you know the biggest thing for them is and he mentioned it they got to find some consistency at quarterback um that they, last year is just a revolving door uh part of it was was inconsistency part of it was injury like a lot of different reasons um there's not one reason but their offense has got to get going because i think the defense has a chance to be really good mm-hmm. yeah. um but can the offense i mean the off let me look this up real quick they i mean they were they have a lot
1: like of returners on defense yeah
0: for sure um they were Last year, um, 123rd in scoring offense, 17.9 points per game. That's out of 130. Um, and then if you go to total offense, let's see, they were um, 125th. They yeah. they were one of doo, 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 eight teams that averaged less than uh, 300 yards per game. Like and that's just plain and simple, not going to cut it. And I think you could, I think you could tell and talk with him that he knows. He's like, no, that's what we got to fix.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so, um, you know, it's uh, uh, always appreciate his time. He's a good dude. And, and, the, and the folks at Rice, um, special thanks to um, Alex Brown there, uh, who is, I believe, their, their recruiting coordinator. Let me make sure I get his title right. Um, director of recruiting. He's their director of recruiting. He helps hook that up as well as, of course, the great Chuck Poole over there uh, hooking mm-hmm. that up. But uh, great conversation uh, with Coach Mike Bloomgren. All right. That was Zoom with Bloom, and now it's my duty to introduce <laughs> for the first time the inaugural edition of Pickle Talk.
1: Do you like the graphic? Can you see it?
0: Yeah, I see it. Pickle Put a Talk a waving pickle on it. Oh my god. <laughs> What are um, you doing here?
1: Anyway, I don't know if you saw my tweet last night, but when you told me you were like, "Yeah, you just come up with something to talk with," I was like, "I have something to talk about." Um, so this reminded me of something that I hate about watching old games and stuff like that. Obviously, the nation was taken by storm yesterday with the ut um usc national championship from 2006 which
0: is crazy and i guess because like i've had longhorn network and mm-hmm. love and our friends play. at longhorn network i do have mm-hmm. i do have friends who work over there and they're good people but like they play that like all the all time. time right it, and that's but, the thing so is... it was like it, like for some reason everybody stopped down and watched it and i was like okay. yeah
1: <laughs> and i think it was because like Obviously, the day before was the 24-hour marathon of that game on Longhorn Network, but I think it was just one of those things that people are so hungry for sports right now. Like, Once a couple mm. people started tweeting about it, and I tweeted that last night too, I was like, the fact that I got on Twitter and everything was about a college football game instead of corona or being quarantined or memes about being quarantined. like it was amazing. It was awesome to get back on Twitter and scroll through that. But there is one thing that kind of pushes my buttons. And I saw so many tweets last night of if Reggie didn't do this, then USC would have won. If Reggie didn't do that, then USC would have won. And I'm sorry, but that's not how sports work. Like he did do this and he did do that. And that's why they lost. And so it's not even obviously like I grew up a Longhorn homer, That was a big like big family moment for us in sports one of my probably my first like biggest real sports moment that i remember but the thing that irritates me about it is and i don't know how you feel about this but it is very very hard to say that one specific moment defines a football game or any sporting event at that point
0: okay all right. I want to unpack this because I think you're making an interesting point, um, which is the idea that, you know, we try to dissect and, and things. Obviously, there's a ripple effect from things that happen and, and, and things like that. You know, um, like you never know how things like if if Reggie Bush had done this. Yes. Um, you know, there's all what what happens maybe if, if he doesn't. Right. Or, mm-hmm. or he, he if he does that. Maybe something else happens that still mm-hmm. changes the, the the same, right? But the one thing I will say, and maybe this is because I have a, a history of um of getting my guts ripped out by sports. Yep. That is real easy to say when your team wins. Right. Okay. Because Absolutely. I will also tell you that I have thought about game six of the two thousand eleven series World Series.
1: series. A lot,
0: mm-hmm. and I've thought a lot about what if Feliz throws a, a breaking ball. Mm-hmm. Uh, like what? Like what if Neptali Feliz, uh, who instead of trying to to fan the the last batter on he, um, on a on a fastball, what if instead he throws him a breaking ball in the dirt because it's a one and two count, and he buries one and and Freeze goes down swinging, and the Rangers are world champions. Exactly. What if uh, they put Indy Chavez in right field, right? Mm-hmm. What if, um, what if you know they don't give up a solo homer in the two th- in, in the seventh inning? Uh, exactly. What if, um, you know, what if uh, uh, Michael Young in the sixth inning uh, commits an error that ends up chasing Colby Lewis mm-hmm. from the game and changes the entire the entire dynamic? Mm-hmm. I've right. thought about that a lot, and, and what I'll say is that when your team is on the short end of a classic. Mm-hmm that is when the what-ifs, I think, are really prevalent.
1: Right, and um, you completely helped prove my point with that, because my thing is, is I can't stand when people say that there is one specific moment in a game that cho- that if this one specific thing didn't happen, then, then they would have won. That is not true. Like, you helped prove my point. There are a Bunch of what ifs that go into sports Mm -hmm. that do that. And so you can't, I find it unbelievably hard to say that almost in any sporting event ever happened that there has been one specific thing if Reggie didn't fumble that ball this one specific time. And so that's the thing is I don't mind people saying, what if all this happened? What if all this happened? What if all this happened? Because that's how sports work. The Texas. Hunter right. misses two field goals. he missed an extra point like those are momentum shifts that you capitalize on and so I just can't stand when people say that there is one specific thing because yeah. you know there are multiple specific things you can't so let's, let's put you it, need to do that let's put it in
0: the high school football right mm-hmm. Let's put it in high school football Let's go back to the North Shore Duncanville 2018 game right mm-hmm. People are going to say, oh, if Demetrius Davis throws out of the back of the end zone or, oh, what if uh, a Duncanville player uh, like swats his hand just a little bit slower and swats mm-hmm. the ball away? Obviously, things would be different. You're right. right. But there are a lot of moments that led up to that point. Exactly. That that a, a game and a contest is a very long list of. Variables. It's
1: four hours worth. And, I mean, you know. And,
0: right. And I think that it is it is a little intellectually, not dishonest, but just like a little intellectually inconsistent. Yes. To, to want to point to one moment. There are it's obviously nice. high leverage plays,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but every play is a part of the tapestry of the game. And, and so, yeah, I think if you want, like, here's what I'll say. I think if you want to say if Reggie Bush had played better, Mm -hmm. then like what if Reggie Bush had played better? What if Matt Leinart had played better? What if the USC defense had made an adjustment for that, which or for for Vince Young's running ability, which makes it a broader conversation
1: exactly. And I that
0: I'm willing to hear.
1: Mm -hmm. And I think if you say, I think. Would have and could have are a big thing in that statement. Like, if they would have done this, then they would have won. No, it's then they could have won. Like, you have to say could, not would. And that's the other thing is you want to take it even a step further with that game. Like, Reggie was the Heisman guy. He was up against Vince. That's a whole other conversation. But it's like, um, yeah, if you want to blame this one play on your star player, okay, but... He's your star player. So, he so was I'm, a Heisman winner. He should be able to step up into that role in the biggest yeah. game of the season.
0: What I'm willing to do is I'm willing to zoom out because I actually wrote a piece about this um, a couple of years ago. Um, hold on a second. Um, let me find this. Um, who was the guy that had the interception for AM in the in the end zone? Oh, it was Shazer Everett. Okay, the mm-hmm. Shays Everett. In tw- in 2012, a walks into Tuscaloosa and beats Alabama. Okay, and that was a huge game, unbelievable, um, and obviously a huge win, like a, a program shifting win there for for a and um, And I would argue that that is the game that probably won Johnny Manziel the Heisman. Mm-hmm. Okay, obviously he had great games pretty much every week but right. I would say that that was the signature win. Mm-hmm. Let's go back to that interception because all they did after that was kneel it out.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: If, if DeShazer Everett slips and that pass for Alabama, what would have been a game-winning, fundamentally a game-winning touchdown, right? I mean, they would have gone, at least a go-ahead touchdown. Um, and they catch that touchdown, mm-hmm. right? Here's a bigger question. Does Johnny Manziel still win the Heisman? Because, here's the thing, his stats are not changed. Mm-mm. His stats are exactly the same. He he did everything he did. All that happened was that his defense let him down. That's too the harsh. The perception but
1: like, of it changes, yeah.
0: Right. And that's that's what drives, like, that's kind of crazy. Like, for me, mm-hmm. absolutely. He, he was still the best player in college football that year, hard stop. And that's mm-hmm. supposed to be, it's supposed to celebrate the most outstanding player in college football. Um, but that's something I think about a lot. And so as far as what ifs are concerned, I, I, I'm interested a lot more in, in long-term ripple effects mm-hmm. of that, right? Like what if, uh, I mean, if, if you want to take a what if from that game, what if on his way to the end zone, right? Um, mm-hmm. What if just uh, Vince Young slips and falls, yeah. right? He, he hits, a, he hits a, a wet patch and he falls and then he's short and, and USC wins. Like how different is the Texas program? now like i'm i'm a lot more interested in zooming out Out, on big big issues than i am saying oh that would have you know that would have changed an individual like one particular Mm -hmm. player change and
1: shahan brought up a really good point in the comments he said on the flip side though vince is a legend because of that one play Mm -hmm. the sample size is small in sports it makes perfect sense to hang on individual individual plays and moments and i think again that helps prove like my my overarching thart- thought in this is the fact that I agree, like individual sports moments are what people remember. It are like, it is what makes sports sports. I think the thing that I have the issue with is you cannot say would have won versus could have won. You have to stick with that could because mm-hmm. they didn't win. And it, yes, individual it's moments. Fair are what you it could,
0: it, it, it's fair to say that the game would be different. Yes. But I think that it is impossible to say that say, the result would have been different.
1: Exactly. We are on the exact I, same page. I was interested. Yes. Could have been. But you mm-hmm. cannot go out and say it would have been different based off this one play, because there is four hours of that one play that could have been different.
0: And there is the debut <laughs> of Pickle Talk. Uh, I, fully, uh, appreci- or I fully expect next time we do this for you to have a... Um, like an over-the-top intro okay to it
1: i can do that pickle
0: talk i mean like i want fireworks explosions pickles flying everywhere sweet
1: aerial kicks
0: <laughs> can we find like a youtube video of somebody blowing up a like a barrel of pickles and
1: yeah, then just put I... like pickle talk
0: <laughs> you know what i mean i'll make
1: it happen i can i can make that happen
0: for some reason i've got that in my head i will <laughs> i will hire a voiceover guy to say pickle tall." <laughs> yeah um oh man okay uh do we have final thoughts
1: um we do first off let's go ahead and say oh do you want to talk about the camp gladiator thing real fast i have a did you get those yeah, let notes me do this real
0: quick Hold on, i have a. Hold
1: a on. I You're i have a lower here. third for us we'll okay. <laughs> <That's
0: Something laughs> go we can mention. ready We're proud to announce a new partnership with Camp Gladiator for all those athletes, coaches, and fans who are cooped up at home uh, and sheltering in place during the COVID-19 crisis. Uh, the program is called Choose to Move, and you can go to their website, www.campgladiator.com, to learn more. You get six weeks, unlimited workouts, live with a trainer for 39 bucks, And here's the best part. Ten of those dollars go to the Red Cross to help their efforts in the COVID-19 crisis crisis. So please remember to go to text or I'm sorry, but please remember to go to camp gladiator.com and enter the promo code TXHSFitness. fitness. That's TXHSFitness. fitness. It's misspelled in the graphic Uh fitness. <laughs> when you click, Oh, when Not you bad. check out, that ensures that the 10 of your dollars goes to the American red cross. So it's CampGladiator.com promo code. TXHS fitness uh, for 6 weeks of unlimited workouts live with a trainer for 39 bucks and uh, more than a quarter of that money goes to the Red Cross. Pretty yeah. good deal. campgladiator.com promo code TXHS fitness.
1: Perfect. Good job. Go. Well done on that. I did I'll it. I'll fix the graphic. <laughs>
2: um, um, the, all right, uh, remember thing,
1: yeah, to remember is happy hour Throw on a Hawaiian yes. shirt and grab a beverage and come party with us. Five o'clock. Um, grab a bevvy. That... It's
0: going to be myself, Ashley Pickle, um, Rick Renner, and Aaron Hardigan partying for about an hour. Uh, it's happy hour starting at five o'clock. Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells uh, will be a lot of fun. Uh, and I know Aaron is fired up. And Go Rick texted me. And he's fired up. My
1: girl. Up. <laughs> the one other thing is uh, me said I should negotiate and I'll make the uh, – Pickle intro, if I can get a soundboard with drops on it.
0: <laughs> it's a good negotiation. I'll see what I can I'll do. I'll think about it. <laughs> we'll think about it. That's right, gonna do it for it. us. Thank you for spending part of your day with us. Follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Dave Campbells. Follow us on Instagram, Instagram.com slash Dave Campbells and of course see us at TextFootball.com. Thanks once again to Rice Coach Mike Bloomgren for being our guest. Uh for Ashley Pickle, I'm Greg Tupper. Dude, I saw you on SportsCenter last night. You've got time. Vince Young, please come get your Player of the Year trophy. We'll see you for happy hour tonight on Facebook.com slash Campbell's, and we will see you Monday on Texas Football Today.